The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We're back. R2C2. The the regular episode. Yeah. The Thursday edition. The Thursday edition. <laughs> Man, uh, the Zach Lopod was awesome, dude. Loved getting to chat with him and, and love that we get the opportunity to chat with Adam Schefter today. I think, you know, Shefty tells some awesome stories pertaining to his career, where he's at. Um, is some stuff that I don't think either of us had heard before, you know, which is great because he's somebody who we all hear content from but it's fun to hear some content about yeah um and, and then uh and then also gives us a lot of the you know current event stuff as well and and you know where what's going to happen with your raiders his super bowl prediction where the giants are going to do hirings firings daniel jones he didn't sound too excited about my raiders chances this weekend though he, he didn't he man didn't he, didn't. <laughs> he didn't are are you excited about your raiders chances this weekend I mean, I'm excited that we're playing a meaningful game in Vegas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're taking steps in the right direction as an organization. Got a long way to go. I'd be happy if they won this game. Um, I had planned on going out there, but then, like, I get, bro, I get so fucking mad when they lose <laughs> that I don't want to be there if they lose. Because, like, I'm, like, I, like I, I'll do that. Like, I'll yeah. just, like, fuck it. I'll watch it on the couch because I'd rather, like, I, I, yeah, I'd rather like the 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 joy of of them winning, like the the pissing off. The, if they lose, I'd be so mad that it wouldn't even be worth the joy yeah. of them winning if I'm there. I, if that makes sense. I, I know what you mean. You, you what you're thinking about is the worst case scenario, and the worst Always. case scenario is trumping the joy that you would get from being there if they won. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. My dad kind of thinks like that as a sports fan sometimes, where he's like. I don't want to be in the building if they lose this ba- this big game. It's like, well, what if you're in the building when they win this big game? You know, yeah, like, like that's just that's just having teams that never win. Yeah, well, but no, you know what? He's gonna listen to this and 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 laugh. But he, he, my dad's a diehard Yankee fan, and in 2000, mind you, they had just won three of the previous the, yeah. four World Series. It's Game Five. It's a tie game late, and he's so nervous. That he goes to bed. And uh, it's game five, too. It's not game six or seven, right? Like, if they lose, they could still, you know, of course, you take each one of those games like you have to win it. We all know this as a fan. But, you know, it's not like the stakes were dire and you were at home. And he goes up to bed. I go running to wake him up when Luis Soho hits the two run single that's a million <laughs> hopper up the middle off Al Leiter on his 190th pitch or whatever it was. Uh. And, it, and I'm just like, I'm thinking about this now. I'm like, he was so nervous. It was game five. We're up 3-1. We've won three of the last four World Series, and the game was tied. What, what, like, no, like, I, that's me. I would have yeah. went to bed, too. Oh like, gosh, just, just tell me about it on the news tomorrow. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, and that it, had to be stressful for him, though, being at like, the Mets, the Subway Series, too. That's true. That's true. But it was so funny. I remember I ran up. I was, um, I guess I was 13 during that World Series, about to turn 14. I'm just, like, running up, and he's sleeping in bed. And I'm, he's like, what happened? I'm like... So, oh, just hit a two-run single. All right, well, 
Well, I'm going back to bed. Let me know if they if they close it out. Like what? Like oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So, see, we uh we wanted to make sure to hop on on this uh, Wednesday evening be- so we could react to Kyrie's first game. And man, some. He's wait, just, wait, wait! Before yeah. before we get into Kyrie, yeah. can we talk about yeah. Lance Stevenson, though, Kaz? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he went amazing. off, though. It's like, amazing. It's great to see him do that. All right, you can get into Kyrie. No. Hey, dude, I agree. It's it's incredible seeing Lance back in the NBA after playing in China, after being away for multiple seasons, and he, dude, he's like he's playing really well. He looks he's, in better shape now than he ever looked, cuz. It's like, crazy, man. It's crazy, man. But but go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, 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 but, uh, wait, I just want to see what does Stevenson finish with in this game? Because he I was think he so had good. 30. First, he had 30. He had 30 <laughs> on 12 of 19 shooting. My gosh, he was ridiculous, man. So look, Kyrie's an artist, right? Like you watch him play. I can remember having a conversation with Brad Stevens. Um when I was doing a Celtics game a couple of years ago when Kyrie had just gotten there. And he said, if you were going to create a basketball player, you'd create Kyrie Irving. Like, there's nothing he can't do on the floor. And you watch him. And people always ask me, and I've brought this up before, see, like, who, all right, who's the best players you watch? Who, you know, who really stands out to you? And he is that dude. Like, watching courtside, by the way, did you just hear that ad come on on my computer? No. They pop. Okay, good. It was just in my headset distracting the shit out of me. It's <laughs> it, they, they pop up on their own. But you know, he's that dude. See, you know, you've watched him courtside. You sit and you're watching. You're just like, like his talent and skill is inimitable. It's just he's different, and you saw it again. It's like he hasn't missed any anything over the last you know however many months now. No, you know what's crazy? I mean, obviously we know the talent level. So I wasn't I wasn't watching that. I was watching the chemistry with the squad, right? Like early in the first quarter, he's yelling at KD to stop the ball. Like, come up here and play some fucking deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just the added little extra, uh, you know, superstar that can that can lead you. Just these little things that can help the second unit, that can help KD get off his ass when he's t- you know what I'm saying? Like, just adds that to the mix. And and they look unstoppable when he's playing, cause and this is why I told you I don't give a fuck if he practices or not. You let him play on the road, cause like <laughs> he's that good. I'm telling yeah. you. Well, it's interesting too because what we also saw because the Nets' defensive effort over their three game losing streak was abhorrent, and then it was absolutely dreadful in the first half as well, and, and into you know a little bit of the third. third shout, yeah. shout out to DeAndre Bembry because he changed that game. He, he was unbelievable defensively. He was end up like a plus twenty four. But shout out to Kyrie. Kyrie defended at a ridiculously high level the end of that third quarter and then in all of his minutes of the fourth. And they played KD at the fives. That's that small ball lineup. When you have Harden, Irving, KD, and Patty Mills all on the floor together, it's just ridiculously difficult to stop on the other end. And they were playing with such defensive activity. But I give Kyrie a lot of credit because... See, to your point, he was taking ownership, you know, and mm-hmm. he even, you know, two things on Kyrie. One, you know, his defensive effort, it 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 ebbs and flows dramatically. We know that. But when he's engaged, he is a very good defender. See the 2016 finals in the last three games. That's when he's engaged, which he was tonight, and it made a massive difference. But the other part is what you just said is what he said to Michael Grady in the interview after the game. I was listening to it just before we hopped on. He talked about, the value of having, he said, you know, we we got to get on each other a little bit more. We we can get on each other a little bit more. Like, 
you know, we're, we're vets, we're start, you know, we're established, whatever, something to that effect of like, we need to do that. And you're right. He did that. And I wonder if he's the guy who kind of brings that out of them. And, and, and if it's necessary, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't happen as much with just KD and Harden. Maybe they need Kyrie for that. Yeah. And there's always a guy on the team, right? You know what I'm saying? There's always that guy. And if he's missing, then, you know, you miss that on the squad. But I'm just thinking about baseball, like guys that, you know, that I played with or whatever, like, you know, Jeet or somebody will walk by you be like, what the fuck you doing? Mm-hmm. And, I, and you don't take mm-hmm. that in the wrong way. Like him being a superstar, me being a, you know, I'm, I'm air quotes, me being a superstar, like I don't take it the wrong way when he tells me something or I tell him something. You know what I'm saying? So him, Kyrie can get on these guys and, and you know, like you said, bring that added little leadership um, to the squad that nobody's going to question him, man. Nobody's going to, especially when he's when he's playing at a high level. Um, Nobody's ever going to question him, man. He can he can play basketball. I, uh, dude, the other thing is, you know, I see him, he was so great at the end of the third quarter, and that's where the momentum really shifted, and he hits that buzzer beater after coming up, after they came up with a big defensive stop on the other end. And I see Kyrie hit that buzzer beater and him celebrate with his teammates. And did, did was, you see the way they reacted? Like everybody, yeah, that's what and, I'm saying. But you know what? It reminded me of what, you know, we were talking about with Zach, and you said, hey, the one way he ends up playing home games is if he's just like, he catches the bug, right? Being back and he's like, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss any of this, right? I believe mm-hmm. you were saying, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the way. And, and I'm seeing him celebrate that and I'm like, like, you you know it's going to be killing him not to play Milwaukee Friday now at Barclays after that. Like, it, it just made me feel like, I mean, who knows? He's a hard guy to predict, but he's got to catch that bug, right? Seeing but, how yeah. into it he was. I, I think so. But, and this, this gives KD now in Harden, room to say, if they lose on Friday and Kyrie comes back to practice on Saturday or something and he's got something to say about the game, well, if you wasn't fucking there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now that gives them the room to get on him and maybe and maybe edge him a little a, a little more towards, you know, being able to, to, to play home games. Yeah. So that, was- that it kind of opens up the door a little bit, you know what I'm saying, for them to have that real open dialogue because now they're in it. Now, now he's in it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I, the the way I that's why I was watching tonight. I didn't, I mean, I knew he's fucking Kyrie Irving. Like yeah. when he comes back, they're gonna be good. I just wanted to see how it was working, you know, with with the team, and and he fit right in, bro. It's like he's been playing all year. It's unbelievable, man. His level of skill is just, it's disgusting. It's it's absolutely, it's just unbelievable. I um I like what you said though, C, and I hope it does get worked out. I have this innate faith that somehow it will before the playoffs. I I, I you know. Like we talked about with Zach, there's all these different potential avenues, um, but I don't feel particularly confident about any individual one of them. I just have an innate faith that somehow he's going to be playing home games at some point before the playoffs. Do, yeah, do, you, I, do you have that feeling or no? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could have no problem not playing the Bucks on Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I mean. Yeah, you're right. We don't really know. He's, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, he can turn it on and turn it off. And he's that good. So, he, I mean, he may be like, see, I mean, like, it, 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 for me, he may have, you know, some, le- some leg room about being able to play and, and not getting vaccinated yet because he had the virus. Yeah. So, well, you know, maybe maybe that works out. It, it, it actually might because he, he, he is literally not supposed to get vaccinated now for 90 days, right? Like, so what, I mean, if, even if he like decided today, like, Hey, I'm going to get vaccinated, then he's just not allowed to play for 90 days, even though, you know what I'm saying? So there might, there really might be a loophole there. There might, 
I don't know that there is. I've, I have no information on this, but it just would seem logically like there could be, you know? Yeah. Um, we shall see. All right. We wanted to make sure to address that. Uh, we should also address C's uh, Raiders. Is that a Snuggie you're wearing? It is. Foco. Shout out to Foco USA. They, they, uh, they always come through for the fam. You know, you your blanket game is unmatched. Oh, they all around this house, too. Yeah? Like, this, yeah. They the come Sabathias, in all different kind of forms. When it comes to blankets, all right, I got They're you. everywhere. You guys have a lot of things you excel at, you know that? This, this thing just kind of sits on the couch upstairs and, like, whoever puts it on. Like, the other day, <laughs> I posted Carter in a picture of this. Like, it's like uh, a blanket. So whoever, like, throws it on and sits on the couch, like, it's like six of these things around the house. <laughs> there, there, is something, there is something just delightful about having a wonderful blanket and, like, a night off and just chilling watching TV, right? But, like, it's only complete with the blanket. It's every night in the Sabathia house, guys. I love it, man. <laughs> I'm, I might move in. <laughs> I'm ready for my house to be done. Oh, right. I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. my gosh, man. I am ready. Um, all right. See, uh, we've been graced with two just outstanding insiders this week. Uh, NBA-wise, Zach Lowe, which if you haven't heard that episode yet, make sure you go back and listen. And now. Adam Schefter. Uh, he is the premier NFL insider for ESPN. We all know this. Uh, he has his outstanding Adam Schefter podcast uh, with ESPN, which is really good. I know Adam well. I've known him for years. Um, he's just, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. He really is a good dude. He's just a good dude. And uh, he, he's got his daughter, Dylan, who's uh, hosting on Nickelodeon with Nate Burleson and who's hilarious and like actually already at, I don't even know how old she is, 12 or something. She's amazing on camera. Um, but uh, he's just, he's a great dude. And you're going to hear everything you want to know news-wise and you're going to hear some stories you probably never have. And uh, we're excited for you to get to listen to Adam Schefter on R2C2. Adam, first of all, I mean, I I'm just honored that you're, you're making time for us because I feel like it's got to be so hard in your world, especially at this time of year, having any time. So it's it's so appreciated, man. At, when do you sleep at this time of year? What, what What's a, ske a daily schedule like for Adam Schefter? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is when your guy Otto reached out to me to come on the podcast, he said, can you come on next week? And I said, no, I cannot do next week. And I don't like to say no to anybody, but next <laughs> week is when we get all the firings and all the hirings and playoff games and pod like the next two weeks after this week are two of my least favorite weeks of the year because <laughs> it's just crazy and to sit on a podcast for an extended period of time next it would have been impossible so i said i could do it this week before it goes crazy next week and so when you're asking about sleep i'm not any different than anybody else i sleep i just sleep in spurts I just sleep <laughs> irregularly. I don't sleep continuously, hardly ever. And that's really? just how, never. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, I think I shatter every TB12 method and theory that exists. <laughs> but that is the way it goes. And you know, I had Troy, I had Troy Aikman on my podcast this week, and he's talking about water and sleep and all the things I wish I was doing a much better job of doing. But sleep is not something that I do in an extended period. It's just not. How many cell phones are working right now? Is it three? I got, well, you're on one. I got another one right here. You know, we're just waiting to see if anybody decides to fire anybody a little bit early <laughs> before next week begins. Oh, my All gosh. Right, so my question, I got a big, what's the FPI, ESPN FPI for the Raiders winning this week? Beating the Chargers and getting into the playoffs. 
you know, we were at the week four matchup when they played out in L.A., and I think the Chargers won by two touchdowns. So you're a big Raider fan, CeCe? I am. You know, listen, I... They're going to let me down again? It's in Vegas. If I had to pick a team to win that game, I would pick the Chargers because I think they're the better team. Yeah. But it's in Vegas, so it's one game. Well, I'd be surprised if the Raiders win. Not at all. Not at all. They just never play good against teams in their division, so I'm a little nervous about it. Well, look, it, it's well, – we, we could say this safely. It's the biggest game that's ever been played in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest game in Las Vegas franchise history. There's never been a bigger one in Las Vegas ever. Man, there oh, probably man. won't be, right, in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Adam, with – um, you, you know, you mentioned the firings that, that could be coming – what what happens with the Giants a- after this season? I mean, what changes do you see happening there, if any? Well, you know, again, a few weeks ago, I said that they were planning to keep Joe Judge, and they were. They, they were planning to keep Joe Judge, and they still might be planning to keep Joe <laughs> Judge. But these last few weeks have not gone particularly well. <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> and I, you know, I saw that press conference on Sunday or Monday. Um, where he's inviting fans to boat him and yeah. talking about what they built. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, sometimes less is more, mm-hmm. you know, fans, fans don't want to hear from you when you're, when you're, when your team's playing like this, they just don't want to hear it. They, they don't want to hear that. There's nothing, nothing, nothing he could say that's going to make them feel better. So just keep it brief and focused instead of let it ramble for minutes on end. With all sorts of explanations, irrational, like it doesn't, it doesn't play in New York. I was no, about to say, especially in this town. Yeah, don't, 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 don't tell me. Show me. Yeah, yeah. Is, I, is it, it time to move on from Saquon? You think? Well, they have a lot invested in him, and that'll be purely a business decision. Because again, you, you've got to make the decision. Uh, I think to pick up his fifth-year option or not, right? He's going to want an extension. He's going to want to get paid now, as he should, because he's had an injury history. There's a lot of dynamics there. That That's an interesting one. Um, you know, they paid him a lot already as the second overall pick. Um, I was about to say they paid him a lot already. Like, I, I wouldn't be looking to extend him right now unless he plays a healthy season. Yeah, but he's going to want more because he's a talented guy. But here's the thing. They're going to have a new GM making that decision. And the new GM is not going to have any allegiance to Saquon Barkley. And so I, I could speak for whoever gets that job and just say, yes, we'd like Saquon back at a number that works for us, whatever that number is. Now, is that going to work for Saquon? That's up for him and his agent to figure out the market and what it will bear. And then he can make a decision about what he wants to do. But if I'm the Giants, yes, I, I would want him back, but I'd want him back at my number. I just don't know if that number will work for him. What about Daniel Jones, Adam? Uh Again, you have a new GM making the decision, a new GM that didn't make that pick. And I think they like Daniel Jones. I do. And I think when it comes to Daniel Jones, this is the situation. You've got him in place. Uh, You've got him under contract. That doesn't preclude you from looking into Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is. You don't have to pay the full price. You don't have to trade for one of those guys. but. I don't care how much you like Daniel Jones. I think you'd be remiss to at least not explore any potential upgrade that you could and see what comes out of it. And if, again, like we're saying, if it works for your team, great. If it doesn't, well, we got Daniel Jones. If it makes sense, we're going to make a move. 
If it doesn't, we got Daniel Jones. The plan is to keep him, but we don't know who's making the final call here. We don't know what the price on these other quarterbacks is going to be. We don't know which one is going to want to come to New York. There are a lot of variables. You, you, you want answers to questions that everybody wants that can't realistically be answered in the first week in January. That's yeah. why it would have been good. It would have been good to do this next week, but I couldn't do it next week. And the week after is also not great. <laughs> so we do what we cannot answer the question. That's it. That's I, I it. can see Russ in New York, though. I, I mean, I think that could be a good fit if you can put some pieces around him. And if you could keep Saquon, I think he could, he could work here. You know what? See, I could see Sierra in New York. Yeah, that's a, that's a big that's one a right good there. Fit. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a great a, fit. That's a right fit. That's a right fit. At, you know and, and, and 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 we had that conversation before the before the pod started. So <laughs> that, yeah. that could be you the know, move. You know, we did. <laughs> yeah, that could be the move. And, Adam, you know, it's funny because you're talking about what it's going to be like for you the next couple of weeks, and and just how insanely busy it is with all the the changes that'll that'll transpire. I'm wondering, like now, there is sort of this behind the curtain acceptance when you're on TV a little bit that you could like have your phone out, right? And you could be responding to something even as you're doing a live hit. But we've sort of evolved to that place. And even still, I'm not sure you're going to go like walk off the set and take the call. Can you, you, okay. Can you think of like, if I, if I just paint that scenario, can you think of like a story of like, you're, you're on air, the time where you're most like, I need to take this call. I need to take this call. I'm in the middle of being on air. I need to take this call. Like, can, can you think of like the top story that comes to mind with that scenario? Well, I just know that free agent week, we have done shows at ESPN and we've done specials as the show's beginning. And so it's happened on multiple occasions, not to the point where we're doing a show in November, October, Sunday countdown, and I'm in the middle of a hit with Mort and, I look down and there's an incoming call from somebody. I got it. But more, you take it from here. You know? yeah. that, that's yeah. never happened. Um, but in a free agent week, I, I think there's an understanding that, that it's fluid and things are happening. And if I have to leave the set, which I've done, I've walked off like to just take, call. I haven't done it mid sense been like, okay, I know, you know, uh, Justin Herbert's got a big game Sunday and he's going up against Derek Carr in the way. Well, hold on, CC, uh, you take that. We haven't done that, but, um, you know, look, I, I don't view being on TV as my job. I view gathering and reporting information as my job. And if it happens mm-hmm. on TV, like that's just the office in which I'm doing it. So if I have to leave the office to do my job, I don't really care. Like that's, that's my job. Yeah, now, so you you mentioned Deshaun Watson uh, earlier. What's what's the news on him? Is it is it quiet? Is it dead? Or is there seems yeah. out there interested? Is he? I mean, he's got a chance to play next year. Well, we'll see how all these investigations and legal proceedings unfold during the offseason. Um, look, if the Texans wanted to, they could have trotted him out this year, right? Like there was nothing that stopped him from playing. The league didn't suspend him. The league's looking into it. The police are looking into it, but there haven't been any charges brought against him. So uh, if that were the case, yeah, he could play next year. And I would think that the Texans make a big bull trade for Deshaun Watson of Deshaun Watson this offseason. He'll go somewhere else. Somewhere else will want him to play. Um, it wouldn't shock me if there was some discipline that were attached, depending on what comes out of these investigations. So maybe he has to sit out some period of time, whatever that may be, whatever the league and legal officials deem appropriate. Uh, and then, yeah, then if assuming all that is taken care of, yes, at that point, yeah, he would play. Adam, without um, you know, revealing uh, all your secrets, you know, we look at the top insiders in, in respective sports, and obviously with the NFL, 
we think of you with the NBA, obviously Woj. When you're going through, you know, the process of becoming, uh, you know, this this level of, of insider in a sport, you know, how how do you earn the trust of of team personnel, player personnel? Like how how does that process work without without giving all your secrets? What would you say? It's just like if you look back on how you got to this place is like the number one key to your journey. I don't view it so much as earning trust as I do building relationships. I think that's the difference, right? I've done this. I've covered the NFL since 1990. So it's 32 years. Uh, I'm 55 years old. And so I've done this a long period of time. And I've been fortunate enough to get to meet a lot of really smart, intelligent, interesting people. And so when you do this that long in any line of work, whether you're doing what you do, calling games, what CC is doing, pitching and then analog, like CC, when you're playing baseball, you built relationships up, relationships up with teammates over time, right? Right. You've got relationships around the league, right? Yeah. And so if you comport yourself in a professional manner and do the right things, inevitably, not only are you building relationships, but you're building trust, right? Like, I guarantee that you guys have trust with various people that you've dealt with for years. Yes. So yes. I, I don't view I don't view it as, you know, building sources, building trust. I, I just, they're just natural relationships that evolve in which I try to do the right thing, honor my word, not violate people and go from there. Yeah, that, that's, that makes perfect sense. I even think about it just like, See, being in the clubhouse at first, right? Like, Same just thing. yeah, just trying to build the way CC and I built our our relationship was just being in the. You know, I was in the clubhouse. CC had just got to the Yankees, and we would just talk about basketball, like, and that was kind of. It was just like there was no agenda there, right? It was just like, oh, I'm getting to know this person, you know. And I mean, I CC was obviously scouting a podcast co-host for years later. That's why <laughs> he started talking to me. But other than that, yeah, I mean, and then all of a sudden. You naturally learn things and evolve, and 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 that tree grows. But if he at some point he says to you, Ryan, boy, this Derek Jeter's an asshole, and right. you go on air and say, CC says Derek Jeter's an asshole, yeah. right? Yeah, CC would 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 not trust you again. No, no, right? Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Everybody knows that about Derek Jeter. You didn't need to voice that, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, wait, you, hey, see, you better clarify that just in case Jeet's listening. Jeet don't listen would, to this podcast, uh, so don't worry about that. Hey, I, I, I got a chance to watch that Madden uh, doc the other day, and yeah. um, just hearing his voice again, like it brought me back. I had I brought my boys in to watch it, and I couldn't I couldn't decipher whether I loved football as a kid or I loved him, or you know what I'm saying, like because he was able to break the game down so well. Help me understand coverages and everything else that was going on during the game. So I don't know if I would have watched football if it wasn't for, you know, him being on every Sunday. It's funny you say that because I watched that special, All Madden, streaming on ESPN Plus now. If you have ESPN Plus, you could watch it when you're done listening to this great podcast. And as I watched it, that was the one thought that struck me. It brought me back to my youth. And reminded me of how and why I fell in love with football. Yes. When I heard Madden and Summerall doing those games, I'm like, oh my gosh, how many Sundays did I have sitting 
there in front of the TV, watching these guys, listening to everything they said. And it took me back to being 15 years old and wanting to watch those games. And I love that show so much. Uh, Tom Rinaldi and Joel Santos, I think, co-directed it. I called Tom last week after it ran to just commend him and tell him what an incredible job he and his partner did on that show. Um, I had my son, who's not a real big sports fan, sit down the night after I watched it. I watched it the night that John Madden died, and I made him watch it with me. And we got done. I go, what do you think? And he goes, that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh, that's great. And so, um, you know, anybody that hasn't seen it, you know, go to ESPN Plus today. Watch. It's it's an outstanding special. I just think it puts John Madden's place in history in its right spot. And you know what I loved about it? I love that. I don't know that he realized the impact that he made mm-hmm. until he got to see all these people talking about how much he meant to them during the show. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool that he got to to see to watch it. Like we're watching him watch every like him react to you know people you know what he meant to people. So like sitting there, I really got goosebumps. I was like, oh my god, I don't know, I don't really know if I would have liked football if it wasn't for for John Madden. I, I couldn't understand. I didn't know what was going on. But being a kid in the nineties, I mean, you had to. That was who you listened to. And I think there was a feeling that um, he saw that on Christmas Day. He celebrated his 62nd wedding anniversary the next day, and then he died two days later. And I think there, that, that, that there's a belief among some that he watched that and was at peace with his life. And like he, it was okay to go at that point in time. Now, who knows? Like We'll never know, right? It's just, just a theory. Um, but, but that's the deal. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. You, I gotta you got it. My wife is going to be pissed off because she was waiting for UPS to come and they came <laughs> as I'm doing this and the guy was ringing the bell and I didn't get the bell. So I asked him if he could just come back. But anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> I, no, I, it's I'm, I'm going to go to the doghouse later for doing yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope UPS uh, I comes it. back. You know, it, it. it is, it is a, see, I'm so glad you brought up Madden and Adam, the way you're framing that is so true. Like, even for me, even though he didn't do play-by-play, he was one of the guys that made me want to get into calling games because you could feel the joy with which he called the game. And for me, as a member of the audience, you know, the experience was so enhanced. Like, I used to love, and my dad and I would get such a kick out of it. He'd call me, Ryan, he, come on, when he'd break down the tailgates, you know, and he and he's, he's using the Telestrator to break yes. down the tailgates and different, and it was just like, this guy's not forgetting that it's supposed to be fun. He made the complicated simple. He appealed to every man. It just was a very basic thing. He, he, as much success as he had, as much money as he made, as significant a figure as he was, you just felt like he was one of us, one of the guys, right? Mm-hmm. Just one of the people that was just watching and loving the game of football. Um, you know, and 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 I think he had an appreciation, like I. On my podcast, I read this story to Troy Aikman where in the first year, the Cowboys didn't have Troy Aikman. Somehow, uh, the Cowboys radio network and Brad Sham got John Madden to come in and do the analysis on the radio, which was the first time he had done it on the radio. And at the end of the podcast, John Madden just said, Troy Aikman. And Brad goes, Troy Aikman. And John goes, I didn't think it was fair that we should have one of the first games for the Cowboys without Troy Aikman to not mention his name, considering all he accomplished. And I think that that really showed how much he appreciated players and what they gave to the game. Like, Mm. that's just him. That's just John Madden. Man, it's awesome. 
I, I have to ask you. Simpsons cameo. I mean, it, it, is there anything cooler than that, man? I, I, then, like, you were on one of the most iconic television shows of all time. How does, what was the process like of, of seeing, you know, yourself become a cartoon character on one of the greatest and most famous shows in the history of television? Well, Bart Simpson's been a great source of mine for years now. <laughs> and, uh, and I appreciated Bart not only being a source, but then extending an invitation to invite me onto The Simpsons. And, um, you know, I got, I got invited last summer. Uh, I went and tracked some lines at a uh, sound studio where I recorded my audio book back in whatever year that was, 2016 or so. Um, so I went back into the studio where a bunch of musicians have actually track lines and it's kind of cool to be in that studio uh, in and of itself. And then to get to work for a show as iconic as the Simpsons, uh, that was kind of, but you know, you did it in August, Ryan and CC. And honestly, you just kind of forget about it. And all of a sudden you get an email in the middle of December. You're like, Hey, just want to give you a heads up the, uh, Simpsons episode that you're in, uh, that'll run January 2nd. And, and, and the only thing that I could think of, like, and, and that, that was probably bigger, but when they were doing the movie draft day with Kevin Costner, yeah. uh, there's a line in there where, uh, he's playing the Browns GM, Sonny Weaver, I think is his name, right? See, so yeah. I'm not a big pop culture guy, but he goes into his office. Um, and they play this line on my weekly radio Denver spot. Every single time I come on, they put the line in where. Uh, the secretary says to Sonny Weaver, Sonny, it's Adam Schefter online. He goes, tell Adam Schefter to stick it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so um, you know, mm. The Simpsons, draft day, that line with Kevin Costner saying that in the movie, uh, I think I could retire now. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are for real moments, man. Those are, It's so cool. It's so cool. Adam, how about if you were to... I mean, we see the year the Packers are having after all the drama with Aaron Rodgers and in the offseason, wondering if he was going to be there uh, this season. If you were to describe just where they're at now yeah. and how they've been able to navigate this, I mean, how would you describe those two things? Well, I, I think it's uh, they've been the best team in football to me this year, and I think they're the favorite going into the postseason. And Look, when Aaron Rodgers is playing for you, that's the kind of chance you have, and that's the position you are in because he's that good. And and that's why it was a big deal because he was uncertain about whether he would return, whether he wanted to return. You know, and I still believe that that decision literally went up to the week before he was going to report to training camp before he knew that he was going to report. And and again, that you see what what happened. He's there. He reports. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. If he didn't report, I still maintain they would have had a top 10 pick this year. That's what I believe. You can't, you know, people could argue with me all they want about how good the roster is, but that's how much of a difference he makes. He makes them the best team in football. And without him, they're just another team. Yeah, for sure. And his connection with Devontae, I think, is 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 unbelievable. Oh. But, but there's another connection I want to talk I, I wanna, about. I want to I want to thank them for uh, my fantasy championship on Sunday night, one of my leagues. <laughs> <laughs> but thank, Jamar Chase, Jamar thank Chase you, and Joe Burrow is right behind him too, though. Oh, they're, they're outstanding. Yeah, Devontae Adams, thank you very much. Uh, debt of gratitude. And uh, I'm going to make a donation in, in his honor to uh, the charity that he chose. There's a gentleman by the name of Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News, that puts together a list of the top players' favorite charities. And he asked people that, 
win their leagues to take a portion of their winnings and donate it to their players that came through for them in their charity. So uh, I, I think, I think Devante, his charity I looked was, I think it was like the, it, it was the Fresno fire department or whatever it was. I got to look, but I, th- there'll be a donation going that way in, in honor of Devante Adams and the, championship that he brought me thank you Devante. <laughs> <laughs> i know though cc i know you're excited about the Bengals, man about you, what you, about the Bengals? oh You've yeah been, that's my yeah. that's my new team that's my new yeah. team when when the yeah. raiders lose this week i'll be right with the Bengals in the playoffs i like they, it they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be a force for years to come they're they're really they got some really good young players they I, do i is i mean adam with the Bengals right now organizationally getting i mean are how, how what's the view of them they obviously they were a consistent playoff team never got over the hump right then all of a sudden went back down to the bottom this is obviously after decades of incompetence before those playoff years but now having having the combination like what cc was just talking about with burrow and chase what is what's the feeling like the rest of the organization right now is there a thought that like hey this is going to be sustainable success like they are going to have a shot now to finally knock down the door, win a Super Bowl. How, how would you kind of describe that? I think maybe the greatest compliment that somebody could give them was I was talking to a front office guy some point this season, in the middle of the year, and he said that the teams in the AFC North now are going to have to draft to stop the Bengals. Wow. So that when the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers are drafting, they're going to have to draft defensive ends that can get Burrow or wide cornerbacks that can cover Jamar Chase and T Higgins or safeties that can lend extra help. But when those other AFC North teams are drafting, they will be drafting specifically with the Cincinnati Bengals in mind. And that to me tells you everything about where they're at right now and the chances they have. And they remind me a little bit of a young 49ers or Cowboys team uh, before they want to string a Super Bowl's You were just waiting for them to break through. You knew it was going to happen at some point in time. And I think that that's the kind of feeling you have with the Bengals. We'll see whether they can capitalize on it. But you have the sense that they're this young team that's going to win a Super Bowl. You just don't know how soon it will be and when it will happen. Yeah, I I feel like we're going to be describing Joe Burrow the way you just described Aaron Rodgers. If he shows up to training camp on your team, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Well, that could be. He's, He's looked that good. And he... You know, not only is he that good, but just the swagger and attitude yeah. that he brings. But he just got that thing going on. <laughs> He's under control. You know what I'm saying? Like it's under control. It's it's he, it's awesome he, to see. He, he, he looks like a cool dude. Yeah, he does. He, he does. <laughs> you know, he, he's he's made Cincinnati cool and trendy and hip. And when's the last time that hasn't happened since Boomer played quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I bet you see you're getting you're gonna get your Burrow jersey if you don't have it yet. I can't. Man, I, no. I, can't I can't put another NFL jersey you, you on. Can't that. Do Only it. Raiders. No, I can't so do that. <laughs> you can you could just speak on the podcast about rooting for another. I team. can root for, yeah. it, but I can't uh, put a jersey on. All right, Adam. We know uh, you have you have the Packers as the best team in football, and thus you know the favorites to come out of the NFC. The AFC things, you know, a little tighter. I know the Chiefs obviously have found their way, um, you know, the latter part of the season. But who do, is there? Are they the, are they your favorites? Is, how, how would you kind of couch the AFC right now? To me, the AFC is wide open. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans were tough enough at home to win two games and go to the Super. Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs uh, were able to do it on the road with Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals broke through. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills or Patriots came out of like you could make an argument on all these teams because they're all good in the AFC. I, you know, I, to me, 
it's a it's a great loaded packed playoff field this year and i don't know that you could just look at one of these teams and say this, this is it i if i'm picking a super bowl today and i wouldn't feel good i'd probably pick the packers and chiefs but it could be the titans and the cowboys it could be the bills and the buccaneers like we don't know i mean there 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 are a hundred different ways you could go right so That'll be the great mystery of this postseason, and it should be a lot of fun to watch. I would love to see the Bills break through. That'd be awesome. Oh, me too. Just for those fans. Yeah. Oh, that city. It'd be great. I, Adam, yeah. you're the best, man. Thank you so much for spending all this time with us, and uh, good luck going and getting the UPS, man. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah. Like, if I need a, hey, Ryan, if I could kick that out of my house tonight, am I, do I have an invitation to stay at your place? <laughs> oh, always, always. I you know what? What assignment today. Make sure that the UPS packages were picked up. I screwed it up. <laughs> you better go find that truck. <laughs> oh, Adam, thank you, man. You're the best. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Well, dude, I Shefty's he's great, man. He's we, I think we're gonna have to like at some point in the offseason have him in person and just do story time with Shefty and just dig yeah. into his career, man. Story time would be great. And he he knows um a, a, a guy from my hometown. My my best friend's uncle played for the Broncos for a long time. So he's got some good stories about Rob Bernstein. So I, I would love to hear those in person. Hey man, we gotta make it happen. Um you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. Uh, make sure you go back and listen to the episode with Zach Lowe. Obviously, um, we'll be hey, back next week. Yeah, especially because uh, Kevin Porter Jr. hit a hit a uh, three to win the game tonight. He tried to shit on my analogy about oh, the OKC. No. Oh, no. Did he really? Did he, he really did. hit a three? He did. Oh, Houston won the game tonight. I think they beat uh, Washington. I think the Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, Off the suspension, bro. I like that. I like that squad, man. They're young, but they got some guys that can play. They have a high basketball IQ. I'll say that. You know what? In about five years, you're going to be wearing rocket stuff. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen. 100%. Well, see, uh, we got our new YouTube channel as well. want people to check that out. Uh, R2C2, look up our YouTube page, all our social channels, and make sure you're following us on Spotify. You can rate the show now as well, so make sure you do that too. Big thanks to our producers, Bobby Wagner, Sadie Zillow, and we will see you all uh, next week. Peace, everybody. Peace.